Hey everybody, welcome back to Roosters on Olentangy River Road in a beautiful Columbus, Ohio. I don't care if it's raining outside. <laughs> beautiful. Don't worry week. about that. It's game week. <laughs> any any anything will so be nice. just fine with me. This is Letterman Live. This is Michael Bennett, Justin Zwick, our good friend Nicole Cox from Roosters, and Anthony Schlegel, the difference you know him. Look at him. You caught us in the middle of our meal. We're getting ready for <laughs> for the season <laughs> opener so on Saturday. Ohio State and Nebraska. Schlegs is not just going with the mac and cheese bites this week because he had to he had to go into the test kitchen, find uh. out that it's two dollar Tuesdays coming up with mozzarella sticks. Mm. Yep. Mike mm. Bennett has already dove in. He's going to add it to his personal blog where he rates <laughs> mozzarella sticks. Yeah. So good. Schlegs, you got to break it apart. Show him the stringy. Right here. Look out! Look out! Look at They're that. Oh, 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 look at the yeah, steam oh, coming out. The steam oh, coming out. Oh, We're shooting a commercial here. We're shooting a commercial here. We didn't even know it. <laughs> that, Golly. That is some sexy cheese. Mm, that that is. Is. <laughs> I'm so just going to say it. You get that on Tuesdays for two dollars. What a steal that is! Are you this week, week. Is this week. Yep. bring in, get yourself some Roosters bucks. Come in on Tuesday, get ready. Yes. And if you haven't watched Letterman Live yet, just watch it tomorrow. I, this doesn't even make sense because <laughs> you're probably already going to have seen it. But we rewind it, and then Nicole, get ready for Saturday. Uh, we didn't know for sure at you know two months ago if there was going to be a season at all, but now guys, I always said there was going to be a season. Yes. I just want to throw that out there. Positivity but. coming from Nicole. <laughs> Her bold predictions, Mark. She didn't know that down. That Nicole always gets it right with the bold predictions. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked you this last week, but you know you just have to remind people. So there's not going to be any fans in the horseshoe on Saturday, but the game starts at noon and Roosters opens when. Uh, we open 11 a.m. Okay. And so, you know, 2020 has been a year of learning for all of us. So I think, you know, this year everybody will just be creative and kind of have their own Buckeye celebrations at home or in the restaurants. So um, obviously we're open for dine-in, but carry-out as well. So people can, you know, take their food home and have, you know, safe social distancing right. neighbors mm -hmm. over and things like that. It'll be a unique <clears throat> Buckeye season, but I think it'll be great because the Buckeyes are playing. We'll yeah. never take that for granted again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to be in there at nine so unfortunately i can't get my roosters to go so mm. i can be ready for kickoff but i'll be thinking about it for everybody who gets to have it at home for their tailgates i know schlegs will be loading up uh, maybe mott sticks maybe the mac and cheese so bites. <laughs> everything is so good. got him caught um all right guys let's just start right with it for the things that we're most excited to see ohio state nebraska <laughs> at noon on saturday you're gonna st you three are gonna stay with me for the whole show so nicole has to go first mm. okay pressure what are you most excited to see this weekend nicole Guys, I'm just so excited. There's a season. I'm just really excited about that. That's but a great answer. I yes, think, it is. I think, too, um, I'm excited to see Trey Sermon, you know, the transfer from Oklahoma running mm -hmm. back. Oh. And, um, yes, like him and Master Teague, I feel like they have really big shoes to fill with J.K. Dobbins being gone. So. They do. It should be Man. good How do you even follow up on that? Yeah. She stole my answer. She should be over here just hosting she stole the rest my of the I was going to use that today. I don't, know, I don't know why we're acting surprised she knew there was going to be a season uh -huh. she, As I did. she already predicted <laughs> that last week that ohio state wasn't going to lose all year mm -hmm. so mark those down schlegs that's <laughs> running back she's, that's where she's the fire. you know why she's doing that because she knows how to put out some appetizers and <laughs> you know the fact that these mac and cheese bites actually look like little mini footballs yes they're now, so fun. See, now that we've reworked the set, you can actually flick it down here. <laughs> right. Although you eat, you like to eat them more than I do, so I'll just flick them into your mouth. Oh, there we go. 
program. Unless we have to move around the set, which Jay-Z suggested this. So <laughs> this is the letter, Letterman Lounge. He's still not 100% pleased with it, but at least Listen, I get to see everybody's it's a start. We get to see it what it looks yes. like. Yeah, I mean, it's all you know, a process. We're going to add some signs. Yeah. And if Zach Boren doesn't, if he takes another two we're months off from coming the on the show. Oh, yeah, Zach Boren we're getting rid of, yeah, we're getting rid of some of this. That guy's been on vacation for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. Does he even work? I don't know. Hey, he's living the dream. We can just <laughs> see him around town. It's the same picture. Like, I wonder if he gets tired of seeing it. Nope. I would say no, he doesn't. No, no, no. Jack Bourne it's going to be a huge <laughs> wall mural in his house. <laughs> if not already. <laughs> <laughs> so, Schlegs, uh, Nicole wants to see the tailbacks. What, when you look at that, we know if Beanie Wells was in here, as he's been for a lot of Letterman Lives at Roosters, he would say you need one guy. I think they're both going to play this week. What are you expecting in, with that carry breakdown? What do you want to see in that backfield? I don't care as long as they run the football. I mean, you got, the biggest thing to me is can't run the football unless you have a really good offensive line. And we've seen in the NFL, like even this week, you saw Swift and you saw Adrian Peterson, right? So you got a guy like Swift went over 100 yards. Peterson, he's on my fantasy team. Guess what? I still got like 12 points out of him. Boom, go Bucks. Um, but I really don't care because that's up to them. If somebody gets hot, like let them go. And we saw – I think earlier with J.K. and Mike Weber, and we really didn't like it because just like playing any position, you got to get in the flow of the game. I think it's a little bit different for wide receivers, but the running back, I think you need to get in the flow a little bit, so it's going to be how do they want to utilize them. And if Trey's the type of guy that, you know, he can get out in the flat and create mismatches and he's in that particular personnel or Master Teague is more of your finisher, you know, short yardage guy. I, I don't even know. I don't really care because I want to see Harry Miller. I want to see Thayer Munford in his senior year. I want to see Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. I want to see those guys because regardless of who you put back there, that offensive line is elite, one of the mm. best in the country. So whoever you put back there is going to have success. So to me, go Bucks. What's I think it's actually amazing that Master Teague is even ready to go. I mean, no you question. think you think back to, you know, before all this started, you know, a couple practices they had before spring or for spring practice, and Achilles is no joke. You know, on day one, I played pickleball yeah. last Thursday. I'm still sore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that was pickleball. I mean, I couldn't imagine coming back in that short of a time period um, from, from an Achilles, something that you use as a, you know, as an athlete to push off of. So, I mean, I think that is, is awesome. I can't, I can't wait to see him get out there and, be full steam, but uh, you know, there's also something you said this, this transfer coming in, the excitement around you know the unknown, um, you know, because he wasn't with us before last year. So uh, you know, it's, it's exciting. But like like I said, they're going to run the ball behind that big offensive line. We saw it last year, I think, where Ryan would go into game saying, "We're going to take control of this line of scrimmage. We're going to do what we want to do." And I think you can use both those backs. Uh, and I don't think it has to be one over the other. You know, you just put them in wherever they fit best in the offense, and that's how they do things. You know, they put these guys in the best positions to, to be good and move the ball, and I trust, I trust that coaching staff uh, hands down. It's interesting when, you, when you're talking about, like, that, that new toy and it's a transfer. They don't often come in with 25 career touchdowns yeah. for another college football playoff level mm-hmm. program. I mean, that's, that's rare that you're going to have an impact kind of player coming in. I think that's why Nicole's talking about it, like, there's so much anticipation for him. We've seen Master Teague. You know, we know that he can take the next step, and we want to see how healthy he is coming off the Achilles, Mike. But, you know, this other guy, he's a proven commodity. And then how does that fit with what you want to do with the rest of the offense? And just Lake's point, if you're going to run behind those big guys, probably I could get 
four or five yards of pop behind that offense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe, uh, hold, yeah, you're putting yourself short. You know. <laughs> All right, maybe three. All right. Pump the brakes. Don't, like, three three yards in a cloud of dust. Choking on some mott sticks. <laughs> I didn't. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for you averaging four or five yards. And I was just, mm. That's how good up. the offensive line is, Schlegs, okay? okay? okay. I'm not, it's not because I think I'm a world-class running back. Uh, okay. I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Yeah. You'd no, be yeah, all right. that, yeah, like you guys have said, that that offensive line is. I think they're going to be the best offensive line in college football this year. I'm a little bit more hesitant about Master Teague. I think Trey's going to get that start, and he's going to get an opportunity to establish himself. Um, but like Justin said, you know, Achilles isn't something small. The fact that he's been able to come back in what has been six months. Yeah, Mar- you know, first you know, day of practice in March. To yeah. me, I I had always understood that the Achilles was minimum a year, mm-hmm. Min- and it's not like you know a muscle that you can just work it out a little bit more and maybe you come back. It's just a tendon. Is it connected? Is it not? So the fact that he's been able to recover this quickly is incredibly inspiring. It's an impressive. But it, I would really hope that they someone's keeping an eye on his reps and someone's mm-hmm. really you know telling this young man not to push himself because. I'm not even going to talk about, you know, I don't want to put any bad juju in the air, but they need to be careful with him. Like, I get that he wants to come back and he wants to contribute to the team and nobody likes sitting out a season, but it is far more important as a football player to stay healthy than it is and fully recover than it is to rush back and then potentially re-injure. I want to say something to Austin's point. And, again, this is why it's Letterman Row where we're just talking, right? It's just dudes and, and a young lady right here yep. talking about football. <laughs> but – Let's not get lost on the shiny, the new and the shiny, mm-hmm. right? Because Master Teague is a no commodity because he was the third team <clears throat> Big Ten running back last year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm with you, Michael, <laughs> on the fact that like Tough Borland came back after six months off of Achilles. Was he really the Tough Borland that we thought, sideline to sideline guy? He still ran really well. Everybody wanted to look at that and mm-hmm. say, oh, that's the why. But Master Teague has been proven. I mean, he ran behind J.K. Dobbins, but he also ran behind this offensive line. And J.K. Dobbins, 2,000-yard rusher, Master Teague, Mm 7-plus. There were some games there at the end of the year we would have liked to have seen him rush for some more, but he still had over 700 yards on very limited duty and was a third-team All-Big Ten as the backup. So the, the beauty of this is that we have options, just like we have in the wide receiver room. We have options of unknown commodities with a lot of what ifs and the potential is there. Same thing with Trey Sermon. So that's why you got to kind of let it play out because I know you don't get to go watch practice. I know for sure that we haven't been able to go watch practice. So until we see it live and then how they're going to actually utilize them, because I, I believe Justin Fields is still going to have an <coughs> integral part in this offense as far as running the football, not as not to the extent that Urban Meyer would have ran him, mm-hmm. but he's still going to have an impact. And I, I kind of look at it as, almost that Chubb and Hunt combination that we have up in Cleveland, right? So they're able to take the load off, but we also know what they like to do. Cleveland has revamped everything. They went away from the inside zone. They want to get their guys on the perimeter. I can see a lot of that going on here, but it all starts up up front with the push that our offensive line will be able to give. We can actually get into that a lot more, but Nicole doesn't want to hang out with us for the entire show. <laughs> she actually has like Why? real. She has Why a, would you yeah, she has a real job. She has a real job, and <laughs> we can't, can't just have a fun, casual conversation all day like we can. Mm-hmm. So I have to get the second part because Nicole's predictions are so accurate. Now she's got to give a score prediction. I know oh, she's, she's been watching yep. the spread. We're gonna save ours till the end because okay. that's Monday. That's cool. the way Letterman Lives works for us. But okay. 
I know she's been pouring over the gambling line. She knows what happened in last year's matchup. I've been thinking about it all day. I know you have. And the spread, I think, was at 26 when I got here. So so I'm going to say, and this is just like my gut feeling, but I feel like 38 to 7 Buckeyes. A little bit tighter than last year out in Lincoln, which is 48 to 7, but it's the opener. Knocking off the rust, maybe. Yes. I mean, it's the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to kind of work into it. So. Well, I mean, that's a good score. She spent all morning say. working on it. So we'll who, see you guys. who are we to argue about it? Nicole <laughs> Cox from Roosters. <laughs> yeah. We're going to let her out. Uh, she's probably going to go get another basket. $2 of Tuesdays. $2 Tuesdays. Yes. $2, $2 appetizers. So this week it's that changes, sticks. Changes every week, Nicole? Changes yes, that changes every week. So next week yeah. is mac and cheese bites. Oh. Like oh. Oh. Yes. So oh. we'll have a table oh. full of mac and cheese bites. <laughs> I will devour them all. We'll have Berm down there. We'll actually have our. Yes. It's got to go for the Roosters Foundation. We'll just see you guys go to work. You need to work out the details for the mac and cheese. I love it. Yes. I'm about to work out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that'll be a real change. Yeah, there's no deal. All right, we're going to take a quick uh, break here. We'll be right back here on Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live. It is officially a game week. Thank God for that. It's been <laughs> so long. You know, even though in reality it's only been, what, six, seven weeks since they would have had the original opener, since it's 2020, it feels like it's been 100 years since Still Ohio March, State. Still March, isn't played. it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. so early. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It, you know, and, the, and everybody else having played three, four, five games just adds to, you know, the anticipation <laughs> for this week. Um Guys, I, I, I'm just really excited that yeah. we finally get to see Ohio State play, compare them to the rest of the team. Maybe the rankings will actually matter again on Sunday instead of the nonsense that's happened. So beyond the running backs, Saturday at noon, what, I mean, what do you want to see? I, I'm going to say I think this last weekend was a perfect example of why we need Ohio State football. You get the Bengals who come out and get your hopes up and then get shellacked. And then you get the Browns, who people are like, oh, are they going to be at the Steelers this year? It's been 17 years. And that was wrapped up in the first seven minutes of the game. And now we get to go on Saturdays, Ohioans. We get to watch Ohio State football <laughs> with as close to a guarantee of victory as you can get. We get to watch week a winner on Saturday. Out, we get winning again. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see all these individual <laughs> players that Ohio State has. I want to see how the defense is going to do, who's going to step up in the D-line room. I want winning associated with Ohio again. It's just for the great state of Ohio. Now, when you say close to a guaranteed win, that's just because of Ohio State's ceiling or because you think Nebraska is still down here in the Rutgers level? At the oh, yeah, I apply that to every week of the okay. season. I just think Ohio State has the opportunity every single week, the true opportunity to not just win but to blow teams out. Like, yeah, you get into those closer games, anything can happen, whatever. But Ohio State has shown for a considerable amount of time now that, mm-hmm. you know, for the vast majority of the games <clears> – <throat> It's not going to be that close. And even with those close games, do you really think we're going to lose? Yeah, really, really since Urban's got here, or when, when he came into town, mm-hmm. it was, all right, we're better on paper than everybody we yeah, play. Yeah. And that's just continuing now. So, I mean, and the last five years or whatever it's been, we thought that, and then we went out and played that way for the most part. So, you know, I don't think that changes whatsoever. I think the excitement of, uh, you know, this team and, you know, going into this season – 
it, this was going to be a big year. You know, we, we thought maybe last year was the Clemson game got us, but coming back, you had Justin Fields coming back, you know, second year, first time Ryan Days had a quarterback do that. I mean, it's just a lot of things were falling into place. And, man, the excitement of it's finally, it's finally here. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to see it all come uh, together on Saturday is huge. And I'm going to take it one step further than Mike. I'm just excited to see Big Ten football back. Because you sit around on Saturday and yeah. like, all right, what am I watching here? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I guess, Louisville you know, Notre Dame. yeah, you know, it's no. just like, God, Thank you. It's like oh shoot me in the head. God. Just give me something that I know, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I need Midwestern football. And uh, I, I think it's I think it's great to have the Big Ten back. And, uh, you know, even that Michigan-Minnesota game, I would much rather watch that game than uh, Georgia-Alabama almost, yeah. you know, to an extent. ACC yeah. football is <laughs> – Oh, em- hang on. I just vomited in em- my mouth. <laughs> <here>. An embarrassment. <laughs> I'm sitting there. <laughs> wash that down. What do we got? So we got one more weekend, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm looking <sighs> for something to watch. And I know that oh. the whole country's not playing, but like, this is the best we can do. Mm-hmm. You're ranking Notre Dame at number four. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, number and three. Louisville. Yeah, Did you I watch mean, some of that game? I mean, you couldn't watch the whole thing because it was terrible. I had it, I, that's I, a real problem. I'm like, oh. you know what? I'm out of here. I'm, that's a real problem. I'm taking I'm taking the kid. I can't let her watch this. She loves football. I said, this isn't football. This is going to number four her. ranked yeah. team beat an unranked team by five points, and we're going to say that that's accurate. In Louisville, let's go back and let's just follow this rabbit hole. So Georgia Tech beats Louisville at the beginning of the year, and then Clemson <laughs> beat Georgia Tech 73-7, to and then now the number three co- team in the country beat that same type Louisville, mm-hmm. who had only won one victory, twelve to seven at their place. At their place. And there's they're still number three, and Georgia moves down one spot, who is really literally starting a backup quarterback that's on scholarship that threw three picks, and they didn't score any points in the second half, completely gone. But yet they're still up there, and okay. really like on morning radio we're talking about. Could the you know who's the next potential to have uh, two teams from their conference be in the college football playoff? And it's like okay, well, really the one the the one that stands out is the SEC because you could have a one loss A and M that plays nobody for the rest of their season. Georgia goes on and potentially loses to Florida. Florida plays Alabama. Alabama beats them. Now they all got two losses, and you got an Alabama and a Texas A&M, and that's what we're talking about because we don't have Big Ten football. Yeah. <laughs> Garbaggio. Yeah, that, that scenario, I think that's always the worst case is talking about them trying to cram in SEC teams. I really <laughs> felt like over the weekend with the way Georgia lost, and it didn't reflect in Sunday's polls, that hmm. that that rules out the It East. didn't reflect at all. I know. that That, to me, by the end of the year, once you have <clears> – <throat> I thought the big winner on Saturday night was actually the Pac-12 with the door being open. If they can, if whether it's Oregon or USC, if they could go undefeated, it looked good. And look, look good. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's as impressive as a one-loss SEC or Big Ten team. Because especially now that all of these teams are resigned to their respective conferences, this is when that debate of whose conference is worth more is yeah. is huge. It's, it, we didn't have those feel-out games in the beginning of the season where it's good on good from separate conferences. So now everyone's like, Clemson is just this mm-hmm. godsend. I've got no doubt Clemson's got the talent. Who, who cares how many people they beat in the <laughs> ACC? Yeah. Same with Oregon. Like, they, they wax the Pac-10 every year. That's not impressive to me. And I think the Big Ten and the SEC, I don't know if it's, you know, my own personal bias, but it's harder to consistently win in those leagues than in the other leagues. I mean, you you have your outliers just like any other uh, league, but it's it's still you have at least three or four teams that can kind of throw a wrench in the plans mm-hmm. at any point. So I, I don't know how they're going to do this. Everybody's always felt that there was an SEC bias. I don't see any reason that all of a sudden there wouldn't be. Yeah, I just thought, you know, 
you know, Georgia in all likelihood now is going to have two losses at the end of the year. So maybe we're talking about a one-loss Penn State uh, mm -hmm. or an undefeated Pac-12 champion, which, you know, can Oklahoma help fight against State. The I, OSU I just don't of even, the Southwest. I just don't even believe that that's a possible outcome. Yeah, the mullet. I have. He's forty. If anyone He's wants like to gamble by now, right? on Mike Gundy <laughs> going undefeated, help yourself. But I, I'm not going to be in that boat. Um, it's just like Mike Leach. Uh, yeah. Well, Is he like yeah. Mike how, Leach for you? How, how's that looking? I'm well, I'm in the right. So on it's Mike been Leach. rough. It's been rough. I'm in the right on Mike. First Leach. game was exciting. They you already thought maybe, but they then. already want him gone. And no, they, they don't. Yes, they do. They're no, absolutely as you would Vegas, man. Garbaggio. They love that, they, they love that place. They <laughs> yeah, love they, that man. they thought they did. They thought they had they like a Heisman the idea quarterback. of him. Yeah. yeah, and then how did it work out for him? Nice, well, nice, nice outing at Kentucky, Mike Leach. By the way, yeah, well, some offensive sleep on the Wildcats, baby. How about, how about Kentucky beating Tennessee yeah. and, and their head well, coach going and drinking some bourbon? First time since '84. Drinking some bourbon and smoking a cigar when he gets home. It's <laughs> that amazing. should tell you how good the SEC is when Kentucky when Kentucky's winning by. 27 points got, on Rocky they, Top. Hey, I will say this. So going back to Ohio State. because Yeah, let's get back here, to the Bucks. It's game one. Because everybody else is, you know. We're hating right yeah, now. Yeah, we're hating on them. <laughs> and they don't matter because we just got to handle our mm -hmm, business. Yep. Uh, you know, for for me looking at this offensively, I'm going to take the offensive line and, and the other side. Let's go look at the wide receivers because I'm, I'm excited to see Chris Olave coming off that Clemson mm -hmm. game, being the leader of this room. Has proven it. You got Garrett Wilson, who we know has a ton of potential, has already showcased it. But then you got Jackson right there, I believe. What is he playing? Like the slot? Yeah, he's, he can move. He can pretty much play any of those three positions. Yeah, but any of them. And then you also have the, all the other four and five star wide receivers that are in that room. It's like that that type of rotation. Because really, Brian Hartline has the most difficult room as the mm -hmm. in the wide receiver room because they're competing against one one another for playing time. But he also got them to where they all committed at the same time, and they know that com competition breeds excellence. We're going to go out there and do it, So, but how can I show what I can do if I don't get any reps or balls thrown my way? So he has the, the most difficult job of not politics, but just making sure everybody is ready to go, and when called upon, they can respond and be able to make a play. So offensively, excited to see that. I love my linebackers. Excited to see Pete Werner actually be the will, because I, I think in the box – is where he translates to the next level. And I'm also anxious to see how they use Baron Browning potentially in that, excuse me, <coughs> bullet position. Mm -hmm. And how they like, do we stay in base like we did last year quite a bit and have Baron be that guy that could play if they're an 11 personnel play outside of the tight end or flex him or blitz him, right? And maybe be the middle guy. Like, I, we don't know that. So just kind of how they're going to orchestrate that because I have total confidence that Kerry Combs, by the way, I want to see the secondary. But I'll just stay with my linebackers. <laughs> is there any other position, or you just want? Like, <laughs> I, I want wide receivers. I want to see them all. receivers. But that's what yeah, happens we, when you when you. We just, well, he started by saying he team. wanted to talk about yeah, the well, offensive yeah. line, <laughs> and then he didn't. He just wants to see the team out just, there. He just, he just, he just wants to Ohio see State. the scarlet and gray <laughs> yeah. on the field. I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan. Yeah. I love. I wish you had gone through the whole lineup, but we had time. I we could. I could do them all. I know you pace can. Pace, pace, and angles. All sports. <laughs> attack just and like, Just like analysts, right? We can pace, pace, and you know. Let's go. Let's go through it then, because you're okay. a D lineman, <laughs> and you know who's it going to be on the defensive end? Jonathan Cooper, um, Friday, Harrison, Tyreek Smith. Like we kind of got that right. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. I mean, they could potentially be a, uh, a Rushman package like we saw with Sam Hubbard and, and Taekwon Lewis where they're playing the interior linemen if it's not a run situation. But who really is going to step up besides what we heard of 
Tommy Togiai in the middle, right, and having that depth. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Mike, Attack do, and dominate. do the guys in that room hate it when they call the Rushman package and the defensive tackles are, are getting pushed to the side? I mean, as a defensive, everybody knows that sacks are, you know, their currency they're as sexy. a defensive lineman. They're sexy. Right. That's the only time that people actually look at our faces. So, <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're, if you aren't a good pass rusher and you have guys that have been proving themselves as good pass rushers, you are an asshole if you are going to fight to stay on that field. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I get it, you know, I get you want to get your sacks, but if you don't know how to pass rush, get your big butt off the field mm-hmm. and let those 245, 265-pound guys go eat. And I would, I would assume that we'll have another Rushman package. We've got a lot of strong defensive ends this year and uh, a lot of unproven defensive tackles. Right. Um, I think that those defensive tackles are going to step up. They don't have a choice, so I'd be very disappointed if an Ohio State defensive tackle didn't fill the shoes that were left for him. <laughs> um, but that Rushman package is dangerous, and Coach Johnson knows how to put it to good, good use. And we've got a lot of guys who can go heat up that quarterback and are going to want to – they're going to be hungry. They've got to make a name for themselves. Jonathan Cooper doesn't have another year to make mm-hmm. a name for himself, and so he's going to be hustling. And, I mean, uh, Haskell, he's – I think he's going to have a good year. I don't know if he's healthy yet. I, I don't know a, how long it takes to recover. Yeah, from there's that. a lot of intrigue going into Friday with, with the you know Ryan Day has brought in this availability report, which has brought a lot more clarity to injury situations than than maybe in the past where it was shrouded in mystery until Saturday. So we got to find out about Haskell Garrett and Teron Vincent has been dealing with that shoulder still since last year. Those are the two guys that you know been in the program for a while. Uh, Teron Vincent was the number one defensive tackle recruit in the country a couple years ago. Missed all of last season. And taking those two out, that, that stretched the depth a little bit at that position. Yeah, I, I would say I've never been shot in the face before. I would say he's probably in the next – and it, what, it's been two months now? Yeah, it's I can't imagine to, it would take mm-hmm. much longer to recover from that. I don't know what he was limited by during his recovery, you know, teeth, whatever. I'm not going to even try to imagine. But I would assume that he isn't far off on, a, on returning to play. Um, and that's another young man who knew that he had an opportunity to start coming mm-hmm. in this year. You would have hoped that he had a monster off or a monster winter and a monster mm-hmm. spring to really fill those shoes. Because you know, if you're Hamilton a starter, was a dog. Yeah, if you're a starter at Ohio State and and or if you're a potential starter at Ohio State, you know that not only do you have, you know, Ohio State looking at you, you have an opportunity to go to the NFL and make a decent amount of money, and. I would be blown away if somebody didn't take that opportunity seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think the defensive tackles are going to be okay. I know the defensive ends are going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be exciting to see this whole defense come together, especially with a lot of unproven young men. Do you think the fact that they've kind of been through this on the defensive line side of the ball where they have just tons of players and it's kind of like, hey, we're going to play all you guys. <laughs> you know, So it's not just like, hey, you're coming out. You know, They're going in. It's like, hey, we've talked about this all camp or all spring practice. We're rotating you, cats, and right. you, there's no real starter per se. You know, I, I feel like that would, if you knew going into the season or you knew that this was the plan, I'm not going to be getting every snap at D tackle. They're going to bring and mix it around. I mean, that's got to help you guys a little bit, right? So, I mean, as far as coming off the field and not being pissed off about it, where it's like, <laughs> I want to be on there, like you understand a little bit more. Yeah, I talked like, to Austin about a little bit more. I would not like that. Um, as, a, as a defensive player or as a player in general, yeah, the communication is good mm-hmm. and the fact that they have a system in place for it, but you should want to be that every down wow. player. Yeah. And especially if you've earned your starting spot and they're like, oh, you know, instead of putting him as a starter, we're going to say him or him. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I oh, worked for so that. Bad. I beat this person out. Yes. Put my name first. If, if he wants to beat me out, his name can be first. Yeah. And you can still be friends while you do oh, it. Yeah. But I don't, you know, and I, I really don't like the linebacker thing. To me, 
you shouldn't shouldn't take seven people to play three positions. But if you got young guys, if you got unproven mm-hmm. guys, if you got guys who are you know a little bit you know not as good at this specific thing, you do what you got to do. That's a testament to the coaching. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's a personal affront. If if they took me out during pass rush situations, I'm in there two three hours a day now working on working pass on rush, pass yeah. rush yeah. so they can't pull yeah. me off the field. And vice versa with uh, run stopping. I think that what you got now at Ohio State is. Um, really a strength for them is that you have a guy in Kerry Combs who went and coached in the NFL. You have, obviously, Larry Johnson, who is the best in the business at what he does. Mm-hmm. Greg Madison has a lot of years, right? Uh, Al Washington has been around the block, really good young coach. They're going to put their guys in the best position to succeed. So, matter of fact, as we were talking about this Rushman package, what better opportunity – because, again, it's about fits. And this all goes back to recruiting, right? It's, it has to go back to the or thing. I'm with you, Mike. I mean, I had it even my junior year. Absolutely attacking and dominating versus, I mean, 12 tackles in three quarters, and you're going to pull me out for a special package. Like, what? I mean, honestly, I almost fought Snides at the end of the game. Like, my <laughs> wife was there, like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to kill this guy. You should feel like disrespect. Right? Because it was, it was disrespectful mm-hmm. because I was playing fantastic. And nothing against Marcus Freeman who they put in there, but, like, they won the football game. And I felt like I did everything I should. I just let me go, mm-hmm. right? Because I was playing great. So, you know, but I think that when you have uh, specific talent, like in a Baron Browning for, per se, when you go and re- you recruit the very best of the best, they're not always going to fit your system because we also have this recruiting, this perception that's reality that we have the best class. Not everybody is going to fit your system all the time. So you have to be a little bit creative as to how that particular person could add value. And with Barron being able to rush the passer along with the, the DNs that we have, and potentially a Tommy Togiai being the nose, and moving John Coop Dog into a three technique, and then moving those other guys outside and being able to have him be a spy or a move around type end guy, it opens up to allow them to accentuate, I don't know if that's the right word, but to showcase, that's yep. a better one, their abilities, mm-hmm. right? And like, hey, listen, I know you don't necessarily fit us, but we can showcase your talent in during different packages because we've done it before, right? I think that's always what what um, the New England Patriots have done well. They look at the talent of the guys that they have, and then we're going to adjust what we do accordingly because that's going to give us the best opportunity to succeed as opposed to what we saw in 2018. We're going to play man, mm-hmm. and we're just no going to do what. this. Yeah. And then even though you guys aren't built for that and it's hurting us, just go play zone. No, that's not what we're going to do. We're just going to play man because that's what we do at Ohio State. That's the absolutely wrong approach. That's not being flexible. And flexibility is a key to air power, just in case you guys didn't know. You know, I've always loved you guys, but the fact that you're on the media side with hating a depth chart that has oars on it, <laughs> oh, it just warms warms my journey. Do you like I, don't, I don't understand I it. hate oars because, you know, sometimes we get accused of like, oh, you guys are just trying to pry information. And you're going to hurt the game plan. And you're How gonna, are we going to hurt the game get, plan, bro? Like, we know who's going to step on the field. Okay, like putting the ore on there, I'd never really thought about it from the player's perspective because it seemed to be – That was beautifully articulated, by the way, because I completely concur. Because it seemed to be a move that was like, all right, well, we we also – you know, we think that these guys are starting caliber and we're going to give them, you know, the nod. You know, we're going to lump them together because they're going to play so much. And those guys do play a bunch of snaps. Like when Denzel Ward was the third corner in, he played the same amount of snaps as Gary on Conley and Marshawn Lattimore. Mm -hmm. Kerry Combs wanted to call them three starters. Okay, fine. I get that. But that doesn't mean that he was in or with, you know, the fourth or fifth corner on the depth mm-hmm. chart. Um, I think that really started when teams were trying to hide who their starting quarterback mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. so that you could 
you know, if one was a dual threat and one was a pocket passer, then you had to prepare for both. And then it started spreading to other positions. And I don't see what the value is to say, uh, you know, guess what? There's going to be uh, six different receivers on the field, and they're all bracketed together as starters. Like, Listen, man, I, I've heard, you know, I think there was some of it happening when I was in college, not at Ohio State, but in the NFL I see it too when, you, like you said, you got three guys for two positions, and they're like, oh, that third guy's a starter too. You know, he's really good. He's not. He's a great sixth man, but he's not a starter on this football team, and that shouldn't be a knock on that guy. If your pride is that slow, is that, you know, is that at risk, that, then you need to get better. You can beat these guys out, or you need to wait for your year and then do and then you know become a starter. But I don't think it serves anybody any good to coddle, especially these young men, to coddle them and be like, "Oh, you're good enough to be a starter at Ohio State." It's just these guys are really good too. Like, no, if you were good enough to be an Ohio a starter at Ohio State, then you would beat that man out for his job. And there are other ways. Like I understand if someone's a starter in nickel or starter in base, mm -hmm. that's different. But at the same time, like. Okay, if that team comes out in a heavy wide receivers package and you're usually the base nose guard and you're not the start of that game, that's tough. You know you know your responsibility, understand where you fit into the team, but the pride tied up in it like to me it's just it's ridiculous to I don't know why they do it. it to, <coughs> if it's to coddle players, if it's to confuse other people, I don't know what the actual combination of confusion and recruiting in a way. Yeah. In a strange way probably some you yeah. know, you know, down well, the there's a reason why they have the six-man award in basketball. He's not a starter. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so we recognize a non-starter for what he contributes off the bench. Mm -hmm. They're starters. There's 11 on each side. At least there's not going to be an or at quarterback, Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, <laughs> not yeah, there's no, no or there. Right? I've always hated that, too. No, Do you think yeah. that George yeah. Hill is missing that? <laughs> I, wasn't I wasn't sure if you were going to tap in here or <laughs> oh, <no>. not. <laughs> Do you think yeah, that Georgia I, was missing that guy? In that last oh, game, golly. I mean, do I think he was? I mean, no, no. Do, do you, you think they were? Do you think oh. all I mean, of last honestly, year they were missing <laughs> I mean, that guy? But you know what, though, this is where it comes down to, like Dabo when he made the switch to Trevor Lawrence. Like he knew the caliber. Mm -hmm. He had the opportunity to do the same thing. We got a senior in Fromm, and we got this stud in Justin Fields. But we're going to go with the senior, tried and true, as opposed to playing the talent and developing him because he's going to give us our best opportunity to succeed. Right, and they didn't do it. And even here, I remember in 2011, man, absolutely dog crap. Like you had Braxton Miller and Bowserman, like just play the cat mm -hmm. because he's just so athletic. At least he gives you an opportunity to win, mm -hmm. you know. And he's going to develop, and will probably get better over the course of the season. Don't play that guy. It's not, you don't owe anybody anything. They have all the opportunity in the world to prove themselves, right? So they missed that boat. Yeah. Guess what? Oh. Buckeyes did it. Go Bucks. Yeah, I mean, they didn't, but they didn't really have much of an option when Justin Fields came in last year, right? I mean, yeah. he, he was going to be their guy. Who? Ohio State. No, no, I'm talking about Georgia oh. made a mistake. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no Georgia doubt about made it, yeah. No, I mean, when he came to Ohio State, oh. we knew he was going to be the guy. But do you remember Clemson did it? I mean, who was, what was the guy's name, the quarterback? That was no, the report Lawrence. Lawrence. I know it before was, the it wasn't Taj Boyd. That's who Kelly, I wanted to say. Kelly, no, Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Yeah, but he had just had a great year the year before, right? And yeah, they're like, hey, year. he's coming back. He's our guy. And then, mm, you know, we start towing this kid in. Like, man, this guy's got an arm. He seems just blah, more blah. talent. Listen, and you he had play more the talent. talent. And that's what Dabo did a good job of doing there. Fortunately, yes, we don't have that here. We have our guy. <laughs> uh, and it, from what it sounds like, you know, nobody's really seen practice, but sounds like, man, he's really, you know, got into this playbook and got into the whole coaching scheme and what's going on with uh, you know Ryan Day's head, all of his coaches, understanding the offense and why they're calling things and what they're thinking when they do, which as a quarterback, gosh, I mean, you know, you get that call and you're like, oh, I'm going to go deep here. But then if you know and you're on in tune with your head coach or your quarterback coach or offense coordinator, 
that's not what they want me to do. You know, they want me to do this. Right. You know, I mean, that's why they're calling this play in this situation because I know that. I've talked to them about why we call these certain things or what I need to be looking for. So I think that, you know, part is huge. And, you know, a lot of people love to say they do that kind of thing in the offseason. So, I mean, we'll see, you know, and in, in during the season if we see a bunch of him making changes or – you know, talking with the coaches on the sidelines of, you know, just, this, you know, that sort of conversation throughout a game. But, uh, you know, sounds sounds legit. We know the kid was special. I mean, he threw, what, two, three interceptions last year? One in the regular uh, yeah, season. Yeah, and then two, you know, in, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, that's going to be hard to – what I don't want to see is he comes out and throws two picks in this game on Saturday and everybody, you know, you know how it goes. Nobody's sure. uh, you that. know, they did that to Trevor Lawrence last year, I felt like, a little bit. You know, it's just he, they set that standard so high that gosh you really expect this guy to do that again I mean like it's football you know stuff happens but uh you know I'm excited to see him I mean he's got so many weapons starts with that offensive line that Schlegs had talked about I mean anytime you're coming into a year where you know you just are stacked Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want yeah I mean you know you got your whole entire playbook it's all depending on that point what are they giving me you know there's four down linemen. They're playing two safeties. I'm going to run the ball. We got two backs that can just come right downhill on you. Uh, you know, if they're stacking, we're going outside. We got all kinds of playmakers. So I, I can't wait to see if they give him the keys to the car almost and say, you know, here's here's a couple options. Go out and do get us in the best spot and you know, play your game. So. I, that's exciting. It's also great for his development because he's in year two, right? Dwayne Haskins only had one year, mm-hmm. and now this is his second year. Yeah. And what, what Ryan Day and his staff do so well is they teach the why of the concepts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great to understand, you know, D linemen understand the run fits and why I got to be in this gap. And, okay, we're running Bama or we're running, you know, tight one buck, right? And it's one back. One back, one gap. All right, I'm in a, a shade. I got to hold this A gap. Why? Because we're building a wall because I have a linebacker fitting here. Mm-hmm. I have another linebacker fitting here. I got a safety coming down and filling this. Like, you understand the concept. It's why I got to do my job. And I, that way I can't go back door on a guy. So I got my teammate is trusting me. Same thing with them. We saw it even in Baker. Play three when he got picked. Playing one robber. He didn't take a pre-snap read, right? He saw the guy coming down. I don't throw that slant. I throw the follow. M-M-I-H. Right, yeah. Made mind in huddle. Yeah. He knew where he was throwing that ball. I didn't care if that safety was going to stay there or not. But see, if, if once you understand, and then I'm able to take, okay, here's why we're doing what we're doing, and then I'm able to see what they're doing and have those pre-snap you know, indicators, mm-hmm. like, okay, here's the depth of the safety. We do the same thing as a linebacker or a D lineman. Like, you're looking at the stance. Is this guy going to pass at me? Is he going to run block? Look at this split between a, the center and the guard. Okay, he's trying to get a B, B block. Mm-hmm. Go up to the second level. Oh, I'm looking at the pressure on the fingers or, you know, no I'm pressure. At, I'm looking at the I've never played D line, but I feel like <laughs> well, that's guys, something. Well, everybody's yeah. playing pace. I mean, they're playing, uh, uh, you know, ace pistol, right? So what's the depth of the running back behind the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Or is that, you know, offset back? Is he close? Is he wide? He's probably going out. If he's, if he's wide, there's only going to be two things. One, he's not running to this side, so it's either going to be a draw or he's going to go out and edge protect or he's going to go out and, and create quads. Then I'm saying, hey, four and first crosser to AJ, boom, I'm going to push to the three. Like those are all the things that you go through, but you only know that once you've been in them and then you understand the concepts and then you get back to the basics of alignment, assignment, alerts, and adjustment. The biggest thing will be how fast can they play. You think Schlegs is – Schlegs ready for Saturday or what? It's too much sugar. Yeah, so much <laughs> sugar. <laughs> I had, I had my favorite I didn't here. Catch that one line. It was so fast. It was I know. Impressive. I had it my was. Italian sub. I had an entire thing of um, 
Mac and cheese. No, those are Mott sticks. That's mock mac sticks. and cheese bites. Tuesdays, oh, mozzarella sticks loaded. for two bucks. Gee, yeah, he's getting after. <laughs> well, I a, broke my fast, and when a, I break my, I, a I'm, sign I'm, is I'm your a, order. Alignment is putting it on the table. Yes. Execution <laughs> is alignment. Down the assignment hatch. alerts. Yeah. Alerts. Alerts. Alerts that they're That's gone. That's the marinara, marinara sauce. Marinara, and then yeah. adjust. Drink some more Palmer. <laughs> you know, hey, to go box. I, Thank yeah, you. There you go. I know you're excited, Schlage. So this. I'm juiced. What can I say? Popping pecs. A lot of people are here in, in town, in yeah, Ohio, in the ready. state of Ohio. Like, yeah. next, I'm pretty excited that next week on Letterman Live, we're going to get to break down a game that mm-hmm. actually happened yes. and, not predict, and not project what's going to happen, but we do get to make predictions. Nicole already made hers. That was a good prediction. Yeah, that was, it was. It was very sharp. She's paying attention to the betting odds. Um, she's, you know. Gosh, we got so we got to do better. I think she's trying to take my job. But, yeah, I know. Uh, you better watch out. I'm going to. I'm going to. That's why I'm going to keep everyone on this side of the table so that <laughs> this is where I sit. Smart. Clear so line like of demarcation. <laughs> yeah. You're going to come in next week. There's going to be a big red chair. Yeah. That's, you know, like uh, the LeBron chair. Nobody else can get back in the ESPN here. commercial. Oh, yeah. Did, did somebody take my chair? Nicole, get out of my chair. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Nicole said 38-7. to 7. Mm. I'm going to keep it pretty consistent. I'm going to say 42-10. to 10. I think Nebraska will Dang. get will get a couple. Uh, yeah, I probably stole your proje- prediction. No. I think Nebraska <laughs> will – We'll get a couple. You know, it's a home opener. We've seen a lot of sloppy football this year. I think Ohio State will look better than the teams we've seen, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little miscommunication, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think uh, six touchdowns is a pretty <clears throat> respectable home opener against another Big Ten opponent. Who is going to come? They're at home, and they're going to come ready to play Ohio State. I was just looking at the weather here to see what Saturday ooh, had ooh. in store before I throw out my prediction. Schlage, do you have That's yours? That's next level right there. Wait, what He's, is it? What's the well, weather? we got a few, sh- <laughs> few showers in the morning, then clouds Uh-oh. lingering in the afternoon. So it'll be dry. It sounds like it's late Six, October in Columbus, 40, Ohio. Hey, 63 to 10. We call that. Whoa. I'm going hey. 63 to 10. We, I think they want to score a lot of points and just let everybody know we're, we not, we're not messing around this year. We're coming for you. We're coming 42, for 62, 63? 63 to 10. Dang, I like the 10. Now, their kicker last year was Garbaggio from Nebraska. So but they're I don't, new this year, right? Yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> I, I'll give him one. Maybe he misses one. And you always want to work those in. I'm going to put a, a field goal for Ohio State because we want to get the mechanics and mm-hmm. see what we can do there. Mm. If Schlegs had known anything about Nebraska's kicker, then you knew <laughs> game week. Yeah, game week time. is here. Yeah. 52 to 10. <laughs> 52 to 10. We'll go right in the middle. Look at that. Yeah. 42, 52, 63. Hey, is this uh, Price is Right rules? <laughs> ah, no, it can't be. <laughs> well, by the margin of victory. How about that? All right, cool. We'll figure it out. Without going over. <laughs> well, I think we're all pretty confident wait, wait. about the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes are so did, you, did you go? Yeah. It's going to be 65 to 6. Oh, you like it? 65 six? to 6. You think uh, no touchdown, huh? No touchdowns for no Nebraska. No touchdown. Nope. A couple field goals. I I just one being late in the game probably kicked just this is what you want. You want yeah. Yeah. Scott Frost, he's trying to find out what he's got a kicker already. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's worried about, you know, is the kicker situation going to be yeah. good? He's going to need that heated. down the road, like, you know. Yeah, no, you're yeah. not going to win the game. Yeah. No, you're not going to cover. Just send him out just there. Just pulling get, up on third downs to kick a field goal. He just need to get some practice for this guy. Just, you know, don't turn it over. Put some points on the board. Kudos to you, Scott Frost. Just like the Bengals, right? 27 to 0. Oh, we're going to go for it twice and kick a field goal. Should have stopped us. I, hey, I'm not going to be conservative with my game picks. Ohio State is the most talented team yes. in the country. Mm-hmm. Nebraska is closer to Rutgers than they are uh, Penn State or anybody wow. like that. So this is, I agree. you know, I remember last year, everyone was talking about, we were having this conversation. Casual. Legs, Jay-Z, it was a fun casual conversation. Like, all right, Nebraska's the first big test. They're going on the road, and Scott Frost has got them rolling, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a primetime affair, 48-7. to seven. Mm-hmm. You know, this has happened multiple times. Nebraska – 
it's it's great when they are a national powerhouse and competing. But man, <laughs> it was back in the nineties, wasn't been, it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's been twenty five. It's been a while. Yeah. So it's been twenty five years. Yeah. since they were a real powerhouse, and they're not going to be one on Saturday. I've got no, no problem saying it. I don't. I don't think so either. I concur, bro. It's all good. And we're all on the same page. Bucks, Bucks win big. Bucks win big. We'll be back here to Take break it, to it down bank. next week at Roosters Letterman Live. Week one, Buckeyes against Nebraska Saturday at the Horseshoe. If you can't be there, which I'm the only one at this table that will be. <laughs> Nobody can be there, right? <laughs> then you're going to be going to be at Roosters. Uh, yes. uh, we're all excited, no matter where you're going to be, uh, to watch on Saturday. The Big Ten season is here. Michael Bennett, Justin Zwick, Anthony Schlegel, and Nicole Cox. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Uh, at Letterman Row. I am just Austin Ward. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.